unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my soul unto thee, O Lord? Do I lift up my soul? All right, it's time for us to try to go ahead and get started tonight if we can, please. I wonder how long we would wait if we just waited for everybody to get quiet. Probably wouldn't start at all, would we? We, we enjoy talking and visiting with one another, and I think that's great. But we are so thankful that you're here tonight. I know we've got a lot of folks that are traveling, but we've also got a lot of folks that are visiting with us. And we are truly honored that you're here uh, with us for our Bible study tonight. Uh, we want to invite you, all of you, back for our worship together on Sunday morning at 9.30, and then again for our Bible classes, uh, all ages, at 5 o'clock on Sunday. We'd love to see you then. I hope everybody had the opportunity to pick up a bulletin. If not, please do so before you leave. There's a lot of good information, updates on the sick as well. Uh, a lot of our young people are going to be leaving for Horizons and Mid-South next week. I guess over the next few weeks, uh, many of our youngsters and chaperones will be going to various camps. And so let's keep them uh, in our prayers that the camps will be successful. And we're thankful for the impact that these camps are having on our youth. As far as other announcements that we want to pass along to you, we again want to express our sympathy to Ken Scott and the death of his uncle, Eddie Scott of Baldwin. Also, I have a thank you note. It says, thank you church family for all the kindness in the death of my brother, Jerry Coach. You are a group of wonderful and caring people and we're blessed to be a part of this congregation that signed the Phillips, Philip Coates family. 
You're invited to a baby girl shower in honor of Laura Galloway on Sunday, July the 9th from 1.30 until 3. Uh, she's registered at Amazon. Uh, let me mention the Freed Hardeman Associates salad lunch that's coming up on Friday from 11 until 1. And the cost is only $10. Now, you can go to Burger King and you can get a Whopper for almost $9. But let me tell you, this beats a Whopper all over the place, what they serve here. And, uh, you know, inflation's not uh, caused the prices of these salad luncheons to go up, it seems like. And so let's uh, pass the word around. Let's remind people on social media uh, and other places about the good salad luncheon uh, that's sponsored by the FHU Associates. And of course, you can eat in the annex or carry out as well. That's this coming Friday from 11 until 1. I believe that's all the announcements that I have tonight. Our song leader tonight is going to be Brother Drew Bruce, and Brother Jim Estes is going to lead our prayer. If you'd like to mark the invitation song, it'll be 924. 924 is an invitation song. Once you get that mark, you can turn over a few pages to 957. 957. This world is not my home. Let's sing. This world is not my home. Congress adopted the Declaration of the United the Declaration of Independence for the United States. This simply declared that the colonists wanted their independence, their freedom from the oppressive rule of England. 
You know, every July the 4th, we celebrate this emancipation, and I think we certainly should. We ought to be thankful to live in the country that we live in. We live in the freest, the greatest, the most abundant land of opportunity in the history of the entire world. But I want you to realize tonight that the Apostle Paul also made a declaration of independence in one of the New Testament books that he wrote. We find that book in the book of Romans and Romans chapter 7. And I just wanted to give a brief synopsis and perhaps you want to go home and study this further. First of all, in verses 1 through 6, Paul says that we've been made free from the letter of the law. You know, we could not meticulously keep the law, that old law, and that old law has been done away with. We have freedom from that law. Also, if you look at verses 7 through 25, Christ has made us free from the frustrations of the flesh. Paul said there, I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. We're always fighting our fleshly lust, and we can have the freedom from the frustrations of that through Jesus Christ. But then I think about what Paul said in the latter part of verse 7 down to verse chapter 8 and verse 1. He said, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now that's true freedom. There's a place where there's no condemnation and that place is in Christ Jesus. That's true freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from its consequences. Freedom from its guilt. Freedom from eternal destruction. All because of what Jesus did for us. And so as we sing this song of encouragement tonight, I just simply ask you the question, are you in that place tonight where there's no condemnation? You know, the Bible teaches very simply that to get into Jesus Christ, we must believe in him with all of our heart that he's the son of God. We must change our life as we repent of our sins, confess his name that he's the son of God. And then the Bible emphasizes the fact that we're buried with our Lord in baptism. We're baptized into Christ, that place of no condemnation. And it's there if we live faithfully that we have the hope of heaven when this life is over. But that verse goes on to say, there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but according to the spirit. It's possible for us as Christians to begin to walk according to the flesh again and, and leave a right relationship with God. And as we sing this song tonight, if that, there's a need that you have to make your life right as a child of God, we give you this opportunity as well. So if you need to come, we give you this opportunity while we stand and sing.
Our loving Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that we can pause here in the middle of this week and study your word. We pray your greatest blessings to be upon our Bible school teachers tonight and be with us as students and help us to glean from the lessons those things that will benefit us spiritually. We're thankful, Father, for the baptisms that have occurred recently. I know there's rejoicing in heaven and we rejoice here at people putting on Christ in baptism. And we pray that you would continue to bless our summer efforts. We pray that you would be with those who are going to Horizons and Mid-South and Maywood. We're mindful of the evangelistic nature of some of these events and we're thankful for all of those participating in that. We're thankful, Father, for the outpouring of cooperation for the Fried Hardeman Associates Salad Luncheon. We know that many in this congregation are doing their part to support Christian education. And Father, we ask that your blessings be upon that effort Friday. And Father, we, we know that the Eddie Scott family needs your comfort. We know that you're the God of all comfort and we pray that you would be helpful to that family and help us to be your instruments in providing comfort as well. We pray that you would be with Martha Eaton and Rachel Daniel and John Roten. Uh, we're thankful, Father, Father that Chopper's out of the hospital. We pray your blessings to continue with him. We ask, Father, that you help us to see the opportunities before us and help us to love one another. We love you, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. While our teachers go to class, we'll sing the first and last verse of 711. 711, blessed be the time. Let's sing the first and last verse.
Good evening, everybody. Really good to see you. Some of you have been away on vacation and whatnot. You're back, so we're glad for that. And boy, you really missed it because last week I did something that is just unheard of. Shocking. People were in a daze for a while before they even left this building. I gave homework. Did everybody do their homework? Okay, five of you, six. That is amazing. Well, you're going to do it tonight because we're going to go over our homework. Uh-oh. Okay, I have these folks that we're praying for. Have, some of them have been sick for a while and others are new on the list. If you have updates about people as we go through, that would be great and I will jot those things down. Really appreciate your help with that. Sometimes get people on the list and it seems like they're on there forever. But if you know something that's changed, I would really appreciate it. Irene Baker, Melinda Hester's mother, she has terminal cancer and we rejoice that she obeyed the gospel. Austin Wentz, John and Wilda Gardner's grandson is undergoing treatments for cancer. Wade Davis has now been missing over a year. Remember Sue, especially, and the rest of their family. Carolyn Wilcott is recovering. We pray she'll be back soon. Bobby Petty has cancer. Kelby Smith has Parkinson's. Van Roberts has cancer. Paul Rollison has cancer. Lex Crossan has several health issues. Marty and Donna Woodruff both have cancer. Eli Johnson's undergoing treatments for cancer. James Goddard has cancer. Uh, John Roten's situation's been diagnosed and he's undergoing treatments now. He has Parkinson's. They were here, both of them, Peggy too, on Sunday. Ann Langford's Lisa's friend, she has pain from arthritis. Emma Hutton has cancer. Paul Nichols, Sharon Strickland, Grayson Miller, Scotty Ennis, Paul Goldman, Pat Moore, Teresa Burcham, they all have cancer. Laura Galloway is pregnant. She seems to be doing well. And Lauren Brumley also pregnant. Pray both of them have safe pregnancies. Linda Garrett's undergoing treatments. I think she's coming to the end of her chemo treatments and going to begin radiation treatment after that. Barbara Foster has cancer. Dave Woodrow has some issues he's dealing with. Larry Muse has cancer. Lennox Kenimer's five years old, has leukemia. Uh, Lisa's friend Brenda has bladder cancer. Roy Taylor. Did he have his stint? No, did not. Oh, you don't know. Anybody know? It was scheduled for yesterday. Okay. Well, if it was, I hope it went great. But he's basically been trying to get strong enough to have a treatment. Uh, Minnie Yarbrough, that's Rick's aunt, she fell. Micah McBrayer. She's at home? Okay. You want me to take her off the list? No, no. Okay. 
All right. Micah McBrayer's four years old. His parents are taking him back and forth to St. Jude's for treatments. Uh, Joy Jamison, uh, possible aorta surgery, is having to make some lifestyle-type changes in order to get his health in a condition he can do that. Janie Toller is recovering from a fall. How's your mother? She's improving. Improving, good. Sybil Tolleson is Jerry Ligon's neighbor. She has Alzheimer's. Uh, Rachel Daniels, she's been in the hospital a while, and she's made some progress. She's moved for uh, rehab. Uh, she had an infection in her body that got into her spine where she has had all those surgeries in the past. So we just pray this recovery is going to be sufficient. She's a tough lady. Jeremy Owens, Rita Panel's son, is recovering from surgery. Mary Alice was here Sunday. Um, she in, is she here now? Okay. She's tough, too. Uh, she injured both of her ankles. Uh, one fractured, and the other one was a really bad sprain. Uh, Martha Eaton fell in the parking lot on Sunday and they took her for evaluation at the hospital. She checked out okay, although she had a pretty good bump on her head. I talked to her today. She was on her way back to Memphis to have stitches out of her eye. She had surgery done on a, a tear duct there. And she told me that she had fallen a couple of other times. So she has decided that she's probably going to start using her walker some. That's a good idea, isn't it? Yes. Sherry Floyd fell, broke two bones in her leg. She's going to be having surgery on Monday. So remember her too. Hey, I had somebody, a doctor tell me one time, said, number one, don't fall. So I'm going to try to pass that on. Don't fall, okay? Not dread this way or this way. But anyway, don't, don't fall. A chopper tailor has returned home from a stay at the hospital. Turns out the, in the scan, what they detected was an infection and he has been treated for that. And we're very, very thankful. Larry George uh, has been on our list uh, for a couple of weeks anyway. Uh, he has passed away. A lot of storm damage. How many of you actually had damage at your house from the storms? Quite a few of you. Pardon? Bailey's car was totaled. Oh, really? That's, so ba Bailey's car was totaled? Our, Max's car was totaled too. So, wow. A lot of damage around. Um, but thankful it wasn't worse than it ended up being. And hey, it's getting really hot tomorrow and Friday. So please don't try to be a superhero out there, okay? And if you are outside very much, please stay hydrated. That's the thing. People just don't, don't hydrate and then you get behind on that. It's very hard to, very hard to catch up. And Ken, well, we're sorry about your uncle and we wanna extend our condolences to you and your family. Yes. The Ashton Rojas family, that's R-O-J-A-S. 
That's the young man that just graduated at Belmont that died in a car wreck Sunday morning. There's a lot of young people hurting as well, a lot of his classmates and teammates. Okay. That funeral is tomorrow. From your school. Anybody else? Yes. Put a little lock on that. You got off Loxley Eaton. You know, we had her on there for quite a while. She's L O X L E D. She's still going through her treatments. She, they, they had to clean her board out yesterday. She's taking treatments and, and, and fixing to start with the radiation. Okay. And uh, my cousin, uh, Callie Allison, she's a uh, young lady. She's, she's probably 19, 20 maybe. Uh, but uh, she's, got, she's a diabetic, type 1 diabetes. And she had some, she's having seizures. And they're trying to figure out what's going on with her. So her body was deteriorating. So she, they took her to Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville. Last week, they just really didn't find any answers for them. This your niece? No, it's <coughs> cousin. Cousin. Yes. Sorry. Hear that? Okay. Anybody else? Yes. Ray overheated in the attic today. I think he's gonna be okay. He's out of the attic now, isn't he? Okay, that will help. He's on the bed right now. Oh, see, our first victim. As, well, let's don't let's don't play around with that. That's that's very serious. A lot of people end up in hospital. Yeah, my sister had yeah. knee replacement surgery today. Her name is Patricia Davis. Your sister. Yes, Ben. I'm just wondering why you took Joanne off the list. She needs your prayers. Okay. Right? No, not right? That's right. Yes. <laughs> Still have numbness? Okay. She does. Oh, that's terrible. Okay, let's. We could go on and on. I'm sure you have folks and just. Uh, 
I hate our list is so long, but I really believe in the power of prayer. And we're going to pray for these folks and then we'll begin our class. Thank you for being here. Our Father in heaven, thank you for the blessing of this day. Thank you for your protection over us. And we thank you for the privilege it is to assemble here and participate in the time of devotion and sharing with one another concerns of people that are in our lives that are not well and having a study that we hope will strengthen our families. We pray, Lord, that you'll bless these people that we're very concerned about, bring them back to a good state of health or certainly bring comfort to their lives as they are suffering. Pray for Irene Baker that she will have good days. We pray for Austin Wentz that he'll be able to endure his treatments. Bless the Davis family as Wade has been missing now over a year. We just pray for some kind of closure for them. We pray for Carolyn Wilcutt in her recovery. Bless Bobby Petty who has cancer. We pray for Kelby Smith that he'll have good days and sufficient treatment for his disease. Bless Van Roberts who has cancer and Paul Rollison, we pray for Lex Crossan that his health would improve. Bless Marty and Donna Woodruff as they battle cancer. And we pray for Eli Johnson as he endures his treatments. We pray for James Goddard who has cancer. Bless John Roten in his recent diagnosis. And we pray that he's able to respond to his treatments. We pray for Ann Langford that she will be pain-free. Bless Emma Hutton who has cancer, Paul Nichols, Sharon Strickland, Grayson Miller, Scotty Ennis, Paul Goldman, Pat Moore, Teresa Burcham, who all have cancer. Pray for Laura and Lauren as they both progress through their pregnancies. We pray health for both of them and their babies. Bless Linda Garrett as she's undergoing her treatment, which is difficult enough, but now, with the complication of the shingles, I just pray, Lord, you will give her relief for that. Bless Barbara Foster, who has cancer. Bless Dave Woodrow, that uh, his days will be better. We pray for Larry Muse in his battle with cancer. Lennox Kenimer and his family as they deal with this diagnosis. Pray for Brenda Taylor, who has bladder cancer, and we pray for Roy Taylor. We potentially he had surgery this week, and we pray if that's the case that it brought his heart some relief, and we pray that he'll get stronger and feel better. Pray for Minnie Yarbrough. We're thankful she went home, but we pray your continued blessings on her and her advanced age. Bless Micah McBrayer, who's taken lots of trips with his parents to St. Jude. Bless Joy Jameson, that his circumstances can get better. And if he has this treatment, pray that it's successful and reaps the benefits that everybody's hoping for. We pray for Janie Toller in her recovery. Bless Flora Warner, uh, that she can be pain-free. Pray for her Sybil Tolleson, Jerry's neighbor who has Alzheimer's. We pray your blessings on Sister Daniels and we pray that her rehab will go well, that she can be pain-free. We're thankful that 
she was able to find some treatment. We pray for Jeremy Owens in his recovery. We pray for Mary Alice as she's trying to recover from her injuries. We pray that you'll relieve her of pain and swelling. Be with Martha Eaton as she's fallen a few times. We pray she'll get her balance and just give her a mind to be safe with her mobility. Bless Sherry Floyd as she recuperates from her broken leg and pray her surgery is going to result in good mobility with her leg. And we pray patience as she goes through her recovery. Pray for Chopper Taylor who had this stay at the hospital. We're grateful, Lord, that they discovered what this problem was and he was treated. And we just pray a full recovery. Be with George family and Larry's death. We pray for those folks that experienced damage from the recent high wind storms. We pray, Lord, also that you'll protect our members from overdoing it in this excessive heat. And we've already heard about Ray had problems today. We just pray he'll be okay and just help us get through this. We pray, Lord, for the Scott family and Eddie's death, and we especially think of Ken. We pray your blessings on the Ashton Rojas family in his untimely death, and we pray encouragement and comfort for the family and for these students that are now facing something they just never foresaw. We we pray especially tomorrow as the funeral goes forward that you'll bring comfort to them. Pray for Loxley Eaton who's undergoing treatments for cancer. Bless Callie Allison who's having seizures. We pray for Patricia Davis who had surgery today and we pray it was successful. And please bless Joanne as she has been suffering with the back problems and uh, the numbness in her legs. We just pray, Lord, she can get relief from those things. Lord, we pray that you will bless us tonight as we are studying together. Help us in our relationship with you to extend that relationship to our families. Help us, Lord, that as your children, that our relationship with you will be the basis upon which we have great relationships with members of our families and help us to take that responsibility very seriously. Help us to know how to tend to our families. Uh, help me to communicate and help us as we talk about these issues tonight to just be benefited and know that if we'll go your way that we will have success. And thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to tend to our families. Last time we talked about six characteristics that we have been dealing with thus far. And so we're, we're taking, taking a, a little pause here. We're going to reflect on those. I felt like the best way to do that was to give you an assignment. So I gave you this. It's only four little pages. And each of those characteristics, those six points, that if you will strive for those, you're going to see fantastic developments in your family. 
you will be doing what God wants you to do in those, in those areas. If you brought yours with you, which I would expect you to, since we talked about how we were going to talk about this tonight. So you have those. If you were not here last time and you would like to have a copy of this, I still have, I made 20 copies. So if someone will hand these out for me, all right, thank you very much. Now this is a very simple procedure and, and what I'm gonna what I'm gonna try to do, we're gonna go over this thing. And I'm gonna my point of this is to remind us of what we've been thinking about all this time. And then now we're putting the rubber to the road. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is the practical application of what we've learned. What we're trying to do here in the first part is to make an assessment. In fact, I'll just put that on there for us. That's our, that's our number one objective here tonight is to assess the family that we have. I want to have a fantastic family, don't you? Yes, I do. If, if I will strive for the things that we have talked about generally, and then, I mean, we've got specifics right here, then we're going to have a fantastic environment to raise our families in, raise our children, and then we hopefully will have instilled in them these ideas and they'll go forth. And you know, that thing we worry about most, the generations that follow, that's going to be in the bag because we will have laid a very strong, powerful foundation. Now, this is simple. Beside each one of, of these assessments, there's a little line right there. And either you're going to put an S for strength. You recognize that as a strength in your family or you're going to see that as an area for growth. It's not a failure. It's just an area that I need to grow in, need to encourage my family in. If I will do that, then we'll be, we'll be doing great. Here's the thing that this is not. This is not a test. Don't be sitting there going, oh no, if I don't get a certain percentage, I will have failed my family. Uh, that is not what this is about. This is an assessment. So what you're doing is you're looking at how things are. are. Are things good? You know, our first concern here is going to be about commitment. Now, we looked at a text and then kind of built some thoughts around it. The text was Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Uh, Rick, you want to read that for us again? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Okay, in that context, what you need that you actually worry about are not the things you really need. What you really need to do is set your mind on the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you get that, God will take care of everything else that you are prone to worry about. What we did with that text, though, was emphasized the spiritual aspect of it. We're going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. A lot of times I just read that as a personal encouragement. I want to do this. But what we saw in that original study was that the parents have a responsibility in training their children in this very same way. So I'm going to commit myself to putting the kingdom of God first. I'm going to seek the righteousness of God. And then I and my wife or if you're the wife, you and your husband are going to work diligently to see to it that your children grow up in those very same things. 
that they are committed to the Lord and committed to this family. This is going to be a unit that they are a part of for the rest of their lives. And that unit is going to hopefully become like a little vehicle or a mechanism by which they're going to encourage each other and that family to go to heaven. So with that in mind, I had these little things to consider about the state that my family is in right now. Okay? I'm thinking about where my family is right now and I'm asking myself these questions. Are we always there for each other? Thinking about my family, the people that I live with, I rub elbows with, I get in fights with even. Am I always there for them and are they there for me? If you say that is our strength, I mean, we always are. Just put you a little S right there. Uh, We decided, my wife and I, to dedicate our marriage as being the core of the family. So we are committed that our children can look at us as a foundational image. They can look to us and say, I want to follow after that. Is that what you've done? Have you and your spouse determined, you know what, we're going to make sure that our relationship is strong so that the children can see that they can see a living example of that in their life. Is this a strength or is this something that needs to be worked on? Do I need to grow in it? Can you say we take care of each other and help each other in our family? Is that a strength? My brother, my sister, uh, my mom and dad, when, when there are circumstances arise, they can count on me to care for what's happening. Can you say that you share many family goals or is it seemingly everybody just kind of does their own thing? If everybody's headed in their own direction without really having any central focus in the family, that's probably something we need to grow in. Um, Yes or no, we give family priority over outside activities, including work. Okay, I look at my family unit Maybe I've got children growing up here. If I'm not there for them, then who's, who's setting the example, right? Who is, who is watching over? Who's helping to encourage and build up the relationships between the members of the family? Who is the person that's kind of setting the pace? If I'm not there, question, what's most important? I gotta be sure that my outside activities don't become the focus. I've got to centralize my thinking. That's true with work as much as any other activity. Can you say that in your family that we're honest with each other? I mean, we tell it like it is or we keep things on the table. No, there aren't any secrets that we're keeping from other members. Uh, We have numerous family traditions. Remember when we talked about how important it is to have those things that tie us together, that create memories? Among those were traditions that we have, like a lot of times traditions are connected with holidays. When you think about Christmas, you probably don't think about what's happening out there or what other people are doing. When you think about 
years gone by, you probably say, you remember that time that grandma and grandpa came or you remember that time when so-and-so did this or that? Those family gatherings, traditions, or the things we always do, because the repetition of it, it just plants kind of a foundational, something that we always come back to image in our minds. Can you say that in your family, everybody has unconditional love for each other? We spent a good bit of time talking about our relationship with each other. And, you know, there are going to be times when there are disappointments. People don't do as we had hoped that they would do. We don't mark them off. We have love that's going to transcend even, even the times of disappointment that come into our lives. Can you say that you depend on the other members of the family? In other words, I'm not looking to somebody else for support. I, I can find that right here with my own family. And is it true that you make sacrifices for your family? You know, maybe it would benefit you, you know, if you went against something that maybe otherwise was good for the family. Are you willing to sacrifice that in order to put your family first? Okay, so as you go through that list, I don't know, maybe, maybe you looked at every one of those and said, I'm strong. You know, my family is strong in those things. Then great. That's an indicator of commitment that each member of that family has to the other members. And I'm going to suggest from that Matthew 6, that not only is that commitment strong with the other members, but most likely if, if those foundations were based on biblical truths, then you've also created an environment where they're getting closer to the Lord. If I'm looking at that, I'm saying, boy, there's a lot of G's right there. I mean, it's not, not that we don't want to be, you know, committed, but I just, being honest, there's a lot of holes here. Then what you've done right there is you've identified those areas that you should give some attention to. So hold on to the stuff that's strong, but give attention to those areas that need some growth. Okay. Appreciation and affection. Everybody in your family needs to know that they are important and that you appreciate what's done for you in the family. Uh, we were looking at Luke chapter 17. We'll not look at the whole, whole description of the event, but I'll just remind you of what happened. Here was Jesus as he healed 10 lepers. Remember that? And imagine, we talked about how bad leprosy was and how amazing it must have been to be free of this devastating disease. How many of them demonstrated their gratitude by returning and thanking the Lord for what had happened? One. One out of ten. And by the way, you remember what that guy was? He was a Samaritan. Right? So the implication is, here are these nine Jews. They're rushing off to go to the temple and get approval. I'm clean. The Samaritan of all people returns to the Lord and is so grateful for what has happened. Appreciation, even for, certainly that's a great thing, but even the small things in our relationship for one another just keeps a positivity in the family unit. 
Do we show appreciation to each other every day? I mean, when you wake up and you see members of your family, what is it you do? You bark at them? <laughs> or are you gl really glad to see them? I, I, I really like that, and I've started doing this. I do this every single day now. But many years ago, I knew this guy. He was talking about, hey, what do you do when you wake up every day? I thought it was a trick question. I'm like, well, you know, I get up and I go brush my teeth or whatever, blah, blah, blah. He said, you know what I do when I get up every day? What? He said, I lay there for a few seconds, kind of get my bearings, and I thank God for this new day. Thank you, Lord. Well, that made me feel about this tall. But since then, guess what? Every single day, no matter what. First thing as I catch a breath is thank you, Lord. Thank you. In your family, are you appreciative? Are you thankful for every day? And when you see the people in your family, are you just glad to see them? Um, we stay away from criticizing one another. You know, we appreciate, we have affection for each other, so we don't, we don't come with the criticisms. And I'll tell you what, there are occasions when you're going to see something's not right and you may criticize, but has that become the pattern? I mean, is that what people expect out of you? If so, that is an area you need to grow in. Do you speak positively about others? Here's the thing, I read this the other day. I, th it's, I think it's attributed to Bruce Lee, so I don't know if it's true or not. It might be a Facebook uh, makeup, but nevertheless, quote unquote, Bruce Lee says that be careful not to say negative things to you because your brain doesn't recognize whether you're kidding or not. It's just taking it in. And I thought, well, you know what, that, there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, just thinking personally, when you talk to yourself, is it positive or negative? Are you always in your brain going, why did I do that? I'm so, I'm so lame. I'm so stupid. Oh, I just can't. I'm, I'm always making mistakes. If you keep feeding yourself that way, guess what? You'll start thinking that way. That'll affect everything in your life. Now, if that's true personally, and you probably, if you do it, you know that's what's happening. Maybe you're self-aware that way. If that's true, imagine the compiling of criticisms. You say, well, one criticism a day, what's the big deal? Well, 365 days in a year, my child is hearing a criticism of some type, of some type from me, and it's likely that they're not 365 different criticisms, right? You've probably got a handful of criticisms that you just keep dishing out. And you know what will happen over time? They'll start thinking, that's how I am. So I never please, I never make them happy, on and on. Let's keep the criticisms to a minimum because they're destructive. Uh, do we speak positively to each other? Instead of criticizing, are we trying to lift them up and, and build them up, put positivity in their life? Yes or no, we look for the good in each other. We talked about digging for diamonds. You remember that, South Africa? You go dig for diamonds. It's not like you take one shovel full and then you go through it and find a diamond. We're talking about buckets and buckets full of dirt that have to be pilfered through in order to find a little bit of a diamond. But when you find it, what happens? Yeah, it's amazing.
say, wow, this place is covered with diamonds. <laughs> you know, not really, but that positivity is, it's contagious. So instead of look, instead of trying to find the fault, let's find the diamonds that are in the midst of what otherwise might be faults. Uh, we're sincere in expressions of appreciation. We're not just saying it because, oh, well, I just need to be positive. No, this, it's genuine. I appreciate them. I have affection for you. You mean the world to me. And it comes off in the conversation that I have as I am appreciating you. We stay away from sarcasm and put downs. It might be funny in the moment, we say, but again, if I keep being sarcastic or I keep putting down or making fun of things, before long, a person begins to think, maybe, maybe there's something to that, you know? They just keep harping on that. I'm, something wrong with me? Do we cultivate humor that's gentle and positive? My dad used to say, if everybody's not laughing, then it's not funny. In other words, some things, they're just humorous. We make a mistake. It's fun to laugh about it, but... I tell you, general insults that are intended to make people laugh, but that are at the expense of somebody else, that's not fun. Do we accept compliments and kindness that's expressed toward us? That's the other side of it. You say, well, I'm going to take it on myself to encourage and build up. But what happens when that person that you are encouraging or you are building up then turns around and expresses something nice to you and you're like, eh, no, no, I'm, you know, I'm not that or I'm not this. What does that say to them? It's kind of like, well, okay, I guess maybe they don't, maybe they don't appreciate my affection that much. I mean, these are... These are subtle things that we say and do all by themselves. We say, Kent, come on, that's not a big deal. What I'm saying is when they are compiled in a life, they become very toxic. We create a pleasant environment at home. Just ask yourself, can I hardly wait to get home? You know, when I know it's time to go home, do I rush to get there? I just can't wait to be with my family. Or do I look for reasons not to go? Or do I look at my family and I, it dawns on me, wait a second, people sure are gone a lot. I hope it's because of some other reason than they just don't want to be here. Okay, when it comes to appreciation and affection, those are just 10 little things. If you went through that and you said, we're strong in this, then you know what? I'm going to guarantee you everybody in your family feels loved. And they feel like that love is genuine and that they are free to express it to everybody else in the family. But if you're looking down through that list and you see a lot of areas for growth, then I want to encourage you, get busy growing in those areas because if we don't tend to encouraging members of our family, listen, if the home isn't the shelter that God intended for it to be, I guarantee you, they're going to get beat up outside of that home. The home ought to be a place of refuge for us to go and not a place where we're just going to go get beat up some more. 
Um, positive communication goes kind of along that. And if you'll remember back, we used the illustration from 1 Kings chapter 19 where we find Elijah where famously? He's in a cave, right? His conclusion is, I'm alone. I'm the only one. But God, of all people, communicates encouragement to Elijah. You are not alone. And not only are you not alone, but I've got stuff for you to do. So, you know, you just got to get up here and let's go. Let's go. I love that attitude and that mindset. Do you allow time for communication? You know, conversations and discussions. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a place like, I don't know, the one that sticks out in my mind is Cracker Barrel. I'm sitting there, uh, Anita and I are sitting across the table from one another talking, and this woman walks in with her two little children. Probably the oldest one may have been four. The woman sits down at the table. She sets one child in a high chair and the other child in a booster seat. They're sitting at that table, and then the next thing she proceeds to do is set up the iPads in front of them. And so for the entire time, the kids as they're eating, are watching something on their iPad. Okay, as a little babysitter, you say, yeah, but I'm seeing a trend, aren't you, around? I see a lot of people just with that phone in their face constantly. Unfortunately, I see a lot of people doing it in their car. If they're doing it in their car, it seems to me that's pretty well an addiction that's developed in their life. They won't even think twice about risking their life as they're driving down the highway. That stuff is a distraction. And if I would rather text somebody than actually call them on the phone, that's probably a symptom of a communication issue that's developing in me. We need to learn to communicate more, especially in our families. And then when we talk, let's listen. Do you find yourself listening to somebody working to formulate the response without actually listening to what they said to you in the first place. This is going to be hard, and it's certainly hard for me, but it's important to actually set that analysis aside for a moment and just try to listen to what that person is saying, okay? Do you check the meaning of messages? For instance, they say something to you, you immediately have a reaction, and then turns out that's not what they meant at all. Ugh. Well, you can't get your reaction back, but maybe it would be a good idea if you hear something and you're not quite sure what that means, you ask, here's what I heard you say. Is that what you meant? And then when they say yes, then you can overreact. <laughs> but understand what people are saying. That is an important communication skill. Do you see things from other people's point of view? I'm not saying you agree with what they're saying, but do you understand why it is that they are saying it, the point of view that they're coming from. Try to avoid criticizing, judging, acting superior in your conversations with other people. I'm the world's worst about, especially my children, will come to me with a problem. I'm immediately trying to think of the answer as a solution to this problem. Well, guess what? Anita reminds me oftentimes they really weren't coming to you for advice or a solution. They just wanted to kind of share it with you. Well, that's one I need to grow in. That's an area where I should be more sensitive to what people are having to say. Be honest and truthful. Make sure they don't have to. Now, are you serious? Uh, do you really mean that? 
Develop the characteristic people recognize when you say it, it's the truth and they believe it. Um, deal with disagreements that you have promptly. Don't let that thing sit and stew and go for days and days. If there's a disagreement, go after it right away. Um, are you specific when you're dealing with conflicts and issues? Deal with the issue and don't, don't put that off on the person as though they are the problem. And do you avoid actions and words that would be emotionally devastating? Like, for instance, you're in what is at this point a fair argument or discussion, and all of a sudden you bring up something that had 30 years in order to trump everything that's been said. Why would we do that? Let's leave that back there. Go through the list again, if you didn't do your homework, which most of you didn't. Write down your strengths and the areas that you need to grow. Hang on to your strength, but work on those areas where you can be a greater benefit to your family and create harmony in that family. Let's have a quick prayer and then we'll go. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the instruction that it gives us. Help us, Father, to seek the kingdom first, to seek your righteousness, not only to develop our relationship with you, but that we can be an impact on the people we love the most who are closest to us, our families. Thank you for them and thank you for the blessing that's inherent in a family. And keep us safe, Lord, as we travel from here and give us opportunity to make the changes that we need to make that we can enjoy fantastic family relationships. In Jesus' name, amen.